0: Everybody, and welcome to the Wing It Podcast with myself, Margaret, and, and, and the coach. We've got another Formula E edition because we have had the first ever Gen 3 race in Mexico City, the first race of the season, and it was won by Jake Dennis's fourth Formula E race win in his career. It was an intriguing uh, day or weekend, if you include Friday practice, of course, uh, and we're going to discuss all things about it, including how the race went. But Freddie, first of all, your impressions of the first uh, event of the season, it was a bit, I don't know, it felt very first new era race kind of feel. Well, if those are the right words, but those are the words I'm using.
1: Yeah, I know what you mean. The sort of teething problems were there, but also the excitement of the future was there in the same, the same breath. That was kind of the impression I got. I really enjoyed seeing the cars. My first impression watching the practice sessions was, granted, cold track, hard tyres doesn't help – well, does help this, which is that they were able to sort of throw the cars a bit, and they would swap a bit, and you would see the motion of the driver in the car in a very definite way, which made them look a bit like a cart, which I enjoyed to watch. Um, they, they don't race as well as the Gen 2, but you can still send them. Um, my general impression was I I yeah intriguing. I really, really enjoyed the qualifying session. I think it's very very rare to go into a qualifying session with no knowledge what at all of what's going to happen with only some predictions we'd made based on um a very inconclusive it seems Valencia test yeah. and just from a hangover of Gen two um going into a qualifying session with such such a close field with. No knowledge of what's going to happen. The first group, Group A, going into the duels was separated by under six hundredths of a second, which, yeah. if you look at Formula One, if we say there's a pole margin that's closer than two-tenths, we get excited. So for this, <laughs> to have cars that are, we we considered to be back-of-the-grid cars and cars that we considered to be front-of-the-grid, this close, all over the place, was... Very exciting to see, and I, I thought the actu- and the, the duels format once again worked in leaps and bounds. The race was the slow burn of the race worked. I think the laps and the safety car added laps was interesting, and it did it did it lend itself to a bit of conservatism from the strategy, which is understandable yeah. for energy saving. Um, and I think the roadblock of Lucas Degrassi added and took away from the race in two ways because yeah his defensive drive meant that the faster cars that got past him were able to flee whereas they um as opposed to being hunted down by other faster cars yeah. so his excellent drive, we'll talk about lucas's excellent driving i'm i'm absolutely certain um we will <laughs> made and didn't make the race in the same way for me so yeah. i don't think it's not the best formula okay. race we've ever seen it's not the best race in mexico ever um but it, it sets a nice tone for Gen three, in my opinion. It means that some tracks, particularly a fast diria with a longer straight, will be very interesting. This the sort of they call it the toboggan run of diria. The sort of I don't know, something like ten, fifteen corners, just all in one go, sliding yeah. through on the dusty track. That's going to be very exciting in a Gen three car.
0: I can't remember the last time, or if ever, I felt there so many questions in the air going into a motorsport weekend. I mean, me and you have watch so, watched so many motorsport series over, over the year outside of F1. We toy cars, GTs, sports cars, everything. And I can't think of a time when we didn't know what was going to happen on the race be like, the pecking order. And really, that is kind of what we got, the pecking order that we saw in Valencia testing with the, with the Maserati powertrains doing very well. Uh, instead, it was Porsche who seemed to have the edge in Mexico, perhaps due to the altitude. Because just like F, it's the same venues, F one different altitude won't well.
1: really make a difference to an electric motor.
0: Did do, do not, not think the heat some will handle the temperature better though.
1: The, um, the temperature definitely will be interesting, but the temperature really more is about the battery. So it's how they accommodate the battery um, and how. But
0: is it not a coincidence Porsche was strong last year? They were this year again. In Mexico, and then the rest of the season last year, they were that. Much.
1: No, it probably isn't a coincidence. Actually, good point. Um, probably there probably is something to that, but um, so it'd be interesting because they were they were mind-blowingly efficient, like the yeah. amount of pace, particularly Verline and Dennis, were able to show, and yeah. later in the race, Lotterer and Da Costa were able to push a lot more as well in the sister Porsche and the sister Andretti. So there is a lot. To, lots to shout about in that regard. To be fair, I, mean, I think yeah, I think you're right. We're gonna to have to see on that one because
0: yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, you're right. There is a there is form for Porsche. They obviously got pole there in their first season as well with Lotterer. So
0: yeah, and, but I do think for this season the pecking order is gonna change every single race pretty much at least in the first half of the season. To me, I don't. It's gonna be it's gonna be very different to last year. I think with literally pretty much every team. I think apart from Apt Cooper can get on the podium at some point. Even Neo could have a surprise podium or something because it is just so so close, which you kind of expected. But those unknowns are still there. And that's going to take a while because I think the teams were very, very cautious. We saw as usually we formerly were used to very attacking and aggressive driving and strategy and perhaps even setup as well. But I think everyone was just they wanted to almost reach the finish line and then points and the victories and the podium was almost a, a bonus that's how i kind of saw the race that's why it, it wasn't too exciting yes the first half of the race was filled with safety car periods but we definitely saw less action compared to gen 2 which i hope was just a mexico thing have you got any thoughts on that video of about what this would do new norm in terms of overtaking and racing.
1: Mexico's always been a bit of a weird one in terms of overtakes for Formula E. It seems, we seem to have had two of the most dominant races there, three of the most dominant Formula E races there, in the last three with um, App, App, also Jerome Omanos-Rodriguez, when you've got Mitch Evans in Season 6 yeah. just waltzing off. You've got Verline and Lotterer just dominating in Season 8. And now you've got Dennis just sending a lunge and walking into the distance, three times after the safety card. So I think, yeah, it doesn't necessarily lend itself to being one you're able to overtake at so well. I think Degrassi proved that when he was hunting of airline for the whole afternoon in season five in the first gen two race there, which has gone down in a bit of Formula E folklore because it was so tense, but it was tense because the overtaking was hard. Um, There will be tracks where where overtaking is just better because that's just the nature, nature of Formula E. And I think the Mexico track doesn't necessarily lend itself as well to that. And I don't think that's a negative, I think, because you were still able to throw the car into, into the corners and that little chicane in the, around the back and work very well for that with, and cars were able to be driven in certain ways to then hunt down the other car. So there was pure racing there and, it yeah. was difficult racing and it was racing you couldn't barge your way through but you could send a dive bomb so I, I think for analysing it from just this one race yeah there's there's potential
0: we'll get on to the drivers and the incidents in a minute just attack mode obviously we saw the new strategy with that uh, you could either use it for two minutes and two minutes again or three minutes and one minute one minute and three minutes uh, four minutes in total for all three strategies it did seem a little bit less effective again that could just be a Mexico thing but Uh, We didn't see the pace difference in lap time or on the track in the race, I felt.
1: I think this will come with development. Um, I think four minutes was not enough time to add anything because when you've done one minute in a one minute 14, 15 lap, then Mm. it just means that you've got one overtaking opportunity, which you can't catch up back to because of the, with the attack mode advantage. So in the way that a four-minute attack mode would allow you to fall back and then catch up and then overtake in one session if your rival doesn't, in one segment if your rival doesn't take it, it doesn't really have that effect because you can't use it for the full four minutes. So I wouldn't be surprised if, not necessarily the next two or three races, but mid-season onwards, they up it to sort of a a seven-minute or an eight-minute allocation when you can do a four and a four or a five and a three, that kind of thing. Maybe six minutes you can do three and three and or something like that. I wouldn't be surprised if it's ups to that.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think one thing we agreed on, really touched on uh, near the start, uh, the, adding the laps on, that was a big, big plus, because if that was previous seasons when we had 45 minutes one lap, most of the race would have been under safety, even with the added time on, so adding the five laps at the end, they could have, well, I'm not sure real but I felt like we could have found that out, found out a bit earlier, that they were added on added on those five laps, because we didn't. No day it was five,
1: but yeah, I they think, only have state, yeah, they have a designated amount of time, I think it, whatever it is, in like eighty percent of the race where it can be yeah, under safety car and then it will make a difference. So I think yeah. when that's over, then they announce. But I, I don't know if you can push that forward. I think it was I think it was like two thirds of the race in the forty-five minute races. So mm. yeah, maybe we could find out a bit sooner. But granted it's part of the energy strategy, they don't want to give too much away. Yeah, um, and because it is quite good when they they get and they when they get cooked, and um, I think you saw that with quite a few conservative strategies, particularly from the from the front runners and the midfield, in um, yeah. sort of DS Pensky and uh, Dennis, who were able to sort of preserve quite a bit, and they yeah. it worked, but they had a bit of spare energy at the end. Dennis did pull away over the last two or three laps a bit more because he was able to. But that's the game you've got to play and they don't want to get burnt like they have been before. So I yeah. think they were conservative. I didn't think there'd be five laps. If I was strategizing that, I would have thought there'd be three or four, but there was a lot of safety cars. So I, mean, I was yeah. impressed. With it. I thought it worked nicely.
0: Absolutely. So some things worked, some things were kind of expected. There wasn't as much reliability issues, I think, as we thought there might be. It wasn't like it was half the field was dropping out. Uh, so I think it was cautious, it was an OK season opener. Uh, but, yeah, like me and Freddie, have touched on it, it is going to change weekend on weekend, and the teams is going to massively improve in terms of development and finding the right settle, that kind of thing. But the person who did find the right ingredients on Saturday was Jake Dennis. I mean, really the dominant. It was uh, reminiscent of his London win last year on the, on the first day in London. I mean, once he got past Degrassi, he was never in doubt, really, was it, Freddie?
1: No, it wasn't when he was able to pull a gap so quickly. Um, he was definitely able to waltz away with it. And he had complete control of that race. I think it was... it was The fact that he was de- desperately in the fight for pole position with mm. a flapping around front wing in that final yeah. duel says a lot about the pace of that weekend. And the pace of the Andretti Porsche was very, very strong with Lotterer definitely showing good pace as well. Just didn't quite have... The steel when he needed to, because he locked up in, in, in his qualifying duel against Degrassi, which yeah. otherwise it could have been very legitimately a front row for, um, Andretti, and-, and it could have been a fight between both of them, which would have, I think, been probably a really interesting race, because I think they both would have <laughs> raced pretty hard, particularly seeing the way Lotter is able to fight Hughes later on in the race. So, I, I think, I think there's um, they definitely. Did very well that team this weekend. And yeah. well, it would be interesting to see where that goes. Dennis did drive brilliantly and it was a deserved win. Very deserved win. 100%, yeah. Didn- didn't put a
0: foot wrong. Took advantage of that small mistake from Degrassi by going wide when he went wide at turn one then went, went for it straight at the next corner. And it's interesting because Dennis Adlotta told me in Valencia that they were expected to be in the midfield. And so did Mahindra, actually, which is the, uh, Degrassi's team. But then they ended up being frontrunners. Yes, Degrassi's efficiency wasn't that great. Uh, and it, that efficiency or that poor efficiency meant Pascal Verline was able to get by. I think what we saw there with Verline, his few seasons in Formula E, to, to be able to get the job done early was Jake Hughes didn't. was taking a few unusual lines, I thought was Jake Hughes and he never really got close at the right moments. We kind of saw the racecraft experience that you needed formally between the Verline and Hughes there. That's why Verline came second and Hughes ended up getting uh didn't get past the grass in then uh Motta got him as well there Freddie. Really.
1: Yeah Verline and Verline and Porsche strategized themselves ahead of Hughes very nicely with their attack mode. They they sold the dummy pretty nicely on that and used a lot of good... They Again, they had that efficiency to use that pace to really hunt down in their attack mode phase and yeah. get ahead of Hughes and use that efficiency again to get really close to Degrassi because Degrassi needed to go really slowly through that sort of back-end complex, it's double apex, right-hander complex. He needed to go very slow there to regen so he could pull away and keep them... keep essentially Hughes and Verline at arm's length at the right points. But Verline had that back-pocket efficiency to throw throw it at him when he needed to wasn't yeah. quite there for the Nissan powertrain in the McLaren didn't quite have that buffer of efficiency to what the Porsche had but he definitely had a lot more and definitely should have been able to get past I think we can forgive him this one because he's there's so much to manage in a Formula E race yeah. you're exactly yeah. right the experience of Fairline he's doing this for four seasons now and is familiar with that team Hughes isn't familiar with the race situation uh in Formula E and isn't familiar with racing such you know, I mean, if if the first if you've got to do a definite overtake for a podium, I think bottom of your list for people you're going to want to overtake is Lucas Degrassi, him yeah. maybe Sam Bird, and they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna defend, and he defended incredibly well. I, I thought yeah. Hughes did a mega job this weekend though. I think he's, yeah. his pace across just out the blocks was brilliant, and it yeah. was incredibly impressive to see him just hit the ground running and some.
0: Yeah, it kind of shows as well because you yeah, know, he's been a sim driver for Mercedes, which is the McLaren team effectively now in terms of personnel. He can convert that onto the track from a sim driver, and that's why he's got this, this seat he's kind of shown him. Well, yeah, onto Grassy there, an absolute masterclass in defense. The way he took those lines in the uh turn four five, and uh, bit. Uh for King and hairpin was absolutely brilliant. He used the yellow flags to his advantage as well. Just all these things which happened so fast in the race car, he just managed it perfectly. And Hughes never really had a proper sniff or a chance, which I think just owes what Degrassi did because out of the Peraltada, at the final corner, Degrassi always had a pretty sizable gap. Uh, so he just he found the power. Found the right, found the right line, uh, saved his energy in, in the right places. So, yeah, brilliant drive from the grassy. Kind he yeah, he's 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 always in and around the when there's stuff going on, <laughs> and he and kind of showed that there.
1: Yeah, he's one of those. He's canny. He's a very canny driver, yeah, canny. and he's able to yeah. put him put his way through the little needles and can just get through what he needs to get through to get a result. And in his first race with Mahindra, it's, it's not like he's in a powertrain he's used to. He drove a Mercedes with the Venturi, he drove an Audi yeah. and for every other race he's done in, in Formula E. So he's not used to the Mahindra apart from a few days. That car's new and he's he's extracted the most from it against a teammate who normally extracts the most from anyone else, which is Roland. And the fact that he was in the fight for pole position, just anyway, the fact that he was in the duels anyway from the way that way that car... Operated in the race with efficiency was was mad. I think there'll be a few more races this year where Degrassi is punching above his weight.
0: Mm. Sebastian Buemi was uh, six in the Envision Jaguar, just behind that pack with Hughes, Lotter, Degrassi, Verline. Uh, probably slightly better than I expected the Envision team because you'd normally expect the Jaguar factory team. To- to be, but, but it's like vision just had that edge there this weekend at Cassidy was ninth at uh, the Mitch Evans safe and Antonio Felix to Costa in seventh in between. There uh, is that what you kind of expected from the Jaguar powertrains, really?
1: Um, yeah, we didn't, there wasn't really much to shout about going into it, and mm. I think, yeah, I was, I was, I think, yeah, Evans did very well, um, with his pace. I thought Boemi did very, very well with his pace, um, which was then both shown that. By Cassidy, that it was you know it was a hard line to to walk. So I, I was probably like his best I mean, race for a long, long time. Actually, yeah, I it. think he's, so um, often he was behind his teammate. I think he's only had one seasons. race that's better than that in or two races that are better than that in two seasons. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. It was a very, very, very good race for him, um, and hopefully can rejuvenate him in Formula E because he is a. Force and you know his Gen One yeah. and early Gen Two performances aren't aren't a joke. Um Yeah. So I I hope there's more to come from Jaguar mm-hmm. because they're normally pretty feisty as an operation. So are Vision. So hopefully with that car they can be fighting a bit more. And they were definitely there and definitely in that scrap yeah. for the podium. So it looks like they've got legs on the Mahindra. Maybe they'll be similar to the Nissan. Who knows.
0: Yeah, potentially. And Mitch Evans, I noticed in the first attack boat he missed it Or He didn't press the buttons at the right time, so he lost two or three seconds there, but even still, he probably only lost out seven, maybe potentially six. Uh, but again, it is only the first race. They might come strong later in the season, which I, I, I think they will, actually, because we've seen how strong Jaguar are. Uh, they tend to go better in the, let's say, proper street tracks where just bumps and on 90 degree turns whereas Mexico's probably would you say it's the smoothest track on the calendar? Mexico probably maybe Monaco
1: but oh yeah Monaco yeah because you've got the weird so little don't, don't back track bits for Mexico. Yeah. Um yeah. so I think yeah up it's up there though.
0: Yeah definitely uh Maserati though big surprise because from tested they wanted the powertrain to be Stoffel van Dorm was the best of them in 10th to get a point. Then he had Gunter Verne eleventh and twelfth. Then Mottaro well, didn't finish because he well, he it looks it like he dropped it. Quite frankly, into one with a driver error, maybe pushing a bit too hard, trying to find some, trying to find some lap time. It, of course, it is only one race, but it just shows that I think well, I think from testing to this first race, it seems like every team has improved or every powertrain has improved, apart from Maserati. That would be how I I see it.
1: Yeah, the Stellantis cars didn't turn up, really. Yeah. with DS Penske, as you say, and Maserati, they qualified badly um, with four very good drivers. And you're right, Mortara dropped it, which wasn't his best moment. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think he would have got points anyway. He might have got one, one or two. He might have maybe. got one. Who knows? It depends on the attrition ahead. And I think that's mm-hmm. all that Jev and Van Dorn were able to rely on. Um and, yeah, Maserati didn't look like they were as close as d s Pensky, but d s Pensky didn't look like and they were able to operate efficiently at all, so who knows it doesn't it doesn't it's so so close they were very close in lap times in the duels, and mm. it's very easy to then get stuck behind it in a inefficient car um so there is a chance that there's you know there's more to come well, there's definitely more to come it's not just a chance so it's not a chance, so it'll be interesting to see how that develops. Because, like you say, Porsche have definitely found something in the, in the three weeks since Valencia. Um, Nissan look a lot better than they did as well. So, yeah, I think it, it, it's quick. It's a quick run. Now we've got two weeks off, and then we've got Diria, and we've got two weeks off, and then Cape Town, and then India is very close as well, and yeah. Sao Paulo. They're all re- that, that kind of run is quick. And stretched out, they've got to go to a lot of places, so it's going to be there's going to be a lot of sort of software work they've got to do very, very quickly. (laughs) And it can be done, and the best way to learn is on track. So hopefully, they'll be able to figure something out and be able to be who knows, you know, will it be cameo appearances at the front or will it be definite? We don't know, we don't know,
0: yeah. And this is the thing with Dirio, which is in two weeks' time, by the way, with it being a double header, if they are, uh outside of the points or on the fringes and the points again, then obviously you can't resist Championship over, but they're going to make it really difficult uh, because that'll be three races worth that scoring not many points, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. So they've got to at least on performance show something in Diria or else they're going to find themselves with quite a lot to do because you would expect all 4 those drivers, Van Dorn, uh, Gunter Verne, Mortara, to be championship contenders in terms of the, yep. how good they are as drivers. So they can't leave themselves with too much to do, uh, really. So that so that will be very interesting to see in, in two weeks. Uh, Other driver, Dan Tickton could have got... Well, I think he would have probably oh, got points, done. I think. Yeah, without those uh, penalties. you got two penalties at the end, isn't it? You've got and power, penalty
1: and a penalty for leaving the track and gaining an advantage so we yeah, didn't see, we didn't see what happened. Yeah. He was at the back, yeah. um, <laughs> unfortunately, because he did do a mega qualifying, and his mm. the only thing that let him down was his jewels allocation. I think if he'd been up against uh, Buemi or Degrassi, he would have got through that. But he was up against um, Hughes, and Hughes did a mega job. So, yeah, I absolutely. Think, I think I think there's a lot to come from that neo car as well.
0: Yeah, much, much better than this season. This could be one of the best seasons, <coughs> best seasons they've had for a while. Informally, uh, Robin Frantz has broken his wrist, unfortunately, in that incident he had uh, at the chicane on the first lap of the race. It was a bit weird. Though. I don't know if it was his own fault, he did some break in the car and he couldn't break. We're
1: not too sure. To me, it looked like he was just caught out by okay. the um, stagnation ahead. I think it was a bit of a gap between him coming around that corner and the car ahead anyway. So he just took it normally Mm. and unfortunately got caught out, went into the back of, um, I think Roland, was it? Um, Yeah. And, or Nato might be Nato. And that just didn't, didn't work. And he went up and then, you know, it snapped on him and it clearly snapped hard. So now, it's really a real shame. He's going to have to have surgery on that, and chances are he won't be in the car in in Diria, at least, because that's yeah. two weeks away. Well, a week and a half away because it's the Friday race yeah. as well, because of the weekend in Saudi Arabia.
0: Yeah.
1: So I don't know what apps have in place with that. Um, who knows if there's any replacement? It feels a bit... Sounds to talk about it now because, but yeah, sending best to Robin Franz because that's that's pretty painful, particularly in the first lap.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I so, hope uh Franz is back in the car soon. Daniel Apt uh potentially could uh replace yeah, that's him. A good shout. In e for a while, but that'll be done. He, he's almost like the Nico Hulkenberg of used to be in F1 as a super subs. Informed formerly, e, I think this season, but yeah, hopefully uh, Robin Franz is okay. Uh, so that was the race there will be more exciting races guaranteed (laughs) this season. That was, in formal e-terms, quite a low-key typical first first season new new era race. And we're just going to finish off on some positive kind of news, although it is about for like negative reasons, I guess. Uh, The breaking... Sorry, I'm I'm losing my voice. I've been everywhere this week. <laughs> uh, the breaking of in, informality, e, or the, there's, been, sorry, there's been some crashes in informality e before this weekend in testing, even, be, even before the official Valencia test. We did see one incident on Friday in Mexico when Mitch Evans, uh, it wasn't seen on the TV cameras, but he the systems shut down effectively, and this is allegedly because of the there's a problem with the brakes. For E worth it, were going to bring in a secondary additional brake to the rear uh, for failures like this, so then the drivers can stop in time and don't go head on into a wall like Evans, unfortunately, did. And luckily, it was OK. This has been fast-tracked. Uh, this was announced just before the weekend. This has been fast-tracked to the next race in Diria in a couple of weeks' time. So this is great news because... We did not want to see more incidents like this. And thankfully Evans's crash on Friday was the only crash uh, that of that nature where the car just wouldn't stop and it hit the barrier. So yeah, very positive news, Freddie.
1: Very positive that nothing bad happened to Mitch, that he was able to continue in the race um, in the weekend to do then the race and everything. Um and very positive, they've been able to fast track and you know really get going on this break. I think it was very clear that it was a very serious issue, and they probably were quite conservative with their estimations of when they would be able to bring it in. But they've they've put their heads together and they've they've been able to apply that. One of the benefits of having a uh, one-make car, frankly, um, yeah, means they can they're able to do that, and they've got a a bit of disposable money because the operating budgets are relatively small for Formula E team, so. Formula E as a holding has a, has, a, has a good amount of time to sort of throw into this so it's impressive they've been able to do that very quickly and hopefully hopefully, there aren't any complications going forward uh, coming up yeah. to diria with that absolutely yeah 100% and yeah that was it for the first day or
0: weekend of Formula E action. yeah well with, uh, with
1: with two weeks to Deiria do you want to do any sort of preview oh, yeah. five minutes preview of Daria? what do you yeah, think is going to happen there
0: but, Much higher speed track at night as well is the race. I think we're going to see better racing uh, Mm. due to the nature of the track. I do think the pecking order will be different what way round. Anyone knows. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, I I think it's just going to be a bit more exciting because to me, in my opinion, Mexico was a bit tame. Uh, I think India will be much better in terms of the racing side. uh, That's how how I would see it.
1: Yeah, I, I I think pretty similar. I think it will be interesting to see the cars on on this track. It's a very very cool track, and yeah. just so odd and different. So it'll be interesting to see how they race there. And I, I agree. I don't think it will be as straightforward a pecking order as we saw yeah. at Mexico. Not even that. Me- not not that Mexico was straightforward, but sort of the second half of the race was. I w- I would be interested to see the continuity and the difference.
0: Yeah, and one last thing—the the, the broadcasting to the addition of Oliver Askew to the common Travel was very good because normally it's oh, David it kitty No, David from kitty isn't doing all the races uh, this season, but Oliver Askew filled his boots. Brilliant,
1: brilliant. He did. Um <laughs> he did? They've got a few joining. They've got Nelson Pico yeah. Junior. I think is going to be involved as well. Yeah. So. And um, Karun Chandok is obviously involved too. Yeah. And I think
0: he's doing more. I think a bit more. Yeah, I think yeah.
1: there's some very good additions there. And I think one thing there were definitely teething issues in the direction, yes. um, which yeah. is a bit odd. You, you did have a lot of sort of jumps around, and there was a point where Nicky Shields, bless her, was um, was just ambushed by the by the broadcast. And there's a point in the in the qualifying where. Essentially, they were just, every mic was open. They were just all talking over the commentators. And, you know, these are the things that, you know, you learn on the job. So, yeah, unfortunately, it, it did make it look a bit kind of uncomfortable. And, you know, granted, Formula E always already has a slow burn to most of its races with the same, with the safety guard <laughs> that has more. But hopefully, hopefully all of that will be ironed out very easily because, you know, we feel like we have to protect Formula E, so hopefully they can do all of that well. <laughs>
0: Yes, and we will protect Formula E as much as possible this yeah. year on the podcast. So there we go. Yeah, uh, Come back next time uh, in a couple of weeks uh, when we talk about Diria. I hope you enjoyed the Formula E race. I hope you enjoyed this Formula E podcast. You can find me at Nigel C. Journal on Twitter. I don't tweet anymore. Neither does Freddie much. <laughs> Fred tweet nineteen ninety nine A bit, uh, bit. yeah. Uh, not, not as much as we used to because we've got other things. <laughs> and the podcast is... Yeah, and the podcast is how we get it F1 where we will tweet this podcast, which you have already found
1: because you are listening or watching. But yeah, if you want to listen to our F1 podcast, they'll be on yeah. the same channel, same platform. Um, we have audio, all audio platforms for podcasts. We have a YouTube channel where we have the podcast in video form, and you'll be able to find whatever you want in that regard. So on the move, yeah. on the static, um, you'll, you'll be fine. <laughs> so please come back for more we'd love it if you do and love it if yeah. you subscribe follow leave a good review because that really looks good for us and boosts our <laughs> podcast yes and adam dickinson our third and
0: well not third in the pecking order but our third colleague <laughs> uh, uh, will our be co-host our co-host why did i say that movie will be in, our will be colleague. Us. <laughs> third colleague yeah and who's first and second I don't know. anyway uh, yeah adam will first. be with, with, yeah, you probably are actually. I don't know will be with us for the F1 podcast as well, which we'll have next week, maybe. Uh, so maybe. there we go. Uh, thanks for joining us. Hope you have a great week. We will see you next time. Bye bye.